Hey, business building warrior. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your opening host today, and you're going to hear a little bit more from me here in a few minutes as I answer questions live from our listening community. You see, once a week or so on Mondays, typically, we go live on Zoom in our 73,000 member Facebook group, and we take questions from anyone and everyone of all experience levels. And we do our best as an, as an expert team of leaders and coaches in this community to answer those questions. And sometimes that turns into really good content that's very useful. So we started capturing it and putting it on our weekend updates, which is what this is. If you're listening to this episode, right when it's released, hey, it's Saturday. We've just kicked off a new month too. So how about you start off the new month and your weekend the right way with some great content from the leadership team of the Silent Sales Machine Radio podcast. Now, I've been earning money from the internet as the only source of income for my family of seven for over 20 years now. And that experience has grown into a team of others who are far more qualified than me in most cases on all kinds of other areas of expertise, including specifically the one we're most excited about for most of our new students is Amazon. There's huge opportunity there. And that's what this podcast is all about. So before we get into the content today, if you're new around here, this podcast features hundreds of success story interviews with students of ours. These are coaching students, that we've coached to success. They're also proven Amazon course students, which is our flagship Amazon training course that teaches all manner of different strategies, but it starts all new sellers, regardless of where you live in the world, with the exact same strategy that's been proven and time-tested over and over and over again. That's what this podcast is about. All those great success stories, along with great tips and strategies for not just Amazon success, but multiple streams of income. But we love to start those who are new with Amazon and specifically with our replens selling model. Well, that's enough of a good intro for now. If you're new around here, hopefully you appreciated some of those updates. We've got a great Facebook group, 73,000 plus members, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, actually we take Sundays off and pause the group, but you can join us and see great people from all over the world who are using the strategies we teach to grow incredible businesses. Over 1,900 success posts in that Facebook group that you can scroll through. Pretty incredible, huh? So, hey, enjoy this weekend update. These are some of the best moments from a recent live Q&A session, and hopefully it serves you very well. Hey, have a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you soon. The only one thing I will say is that I've noticed this with uh, newer people, including myself, is when I'm either on the Facebook forum or the Kickstarter or whatever it might be, I see too many people, in my opinion, who are not focusing on the model that you're representing, which is the replens. And I see a lot of people just, whether it be impatience or whatever it might be, that they're expanding out to other, you know, uh, YouTube videos or sources and stuff. And just, be, you know, it's like, and I try to tell as many people as I can, being new myself, that, hey, look, just, just take a breath, be patient. And pay attention and follow the model and don't expect to get rich overnight because this is not, it's not going to happen that way. Yeah. There's a lot of wisdom what you just said. I've been doing e-commerce for 20 years and, and we're competing with a lot of scammers, a lot of 
opportunity seekers who are trying 30 different things, a lot of people who have jumped from one thing to the next thing to the next thing for 20 years and never had anything work and they're easily distracted, right? Those are battles that you can't expect to, we're winning in that battle as good as anyone in the industry is. Let's put it that way. There's just so much noise and so many distractions. So it is a frustration. I say a lot of running this Facebook group is like herding cats. It really is. Uh, you know, where you find yourself after you've been in this group for a while, you'll notice we answer the same questions over and over and over and over again. Constantly. Like there's an auto button for the reply, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, on a lot of those, I do have a shortcut key because it's it's such a common question that comes up so often. I'll just type in this short keystroke and it fills in the, you know, mm-hmm. the answer. But it's our pleasure to do so. You know, we cater to the new, confused, slightly disoriented, slightly maybe even disgruntled. Uh, and we've got as good of a system as I've ever seen. But yeah, you're right. People get easily distracted. They drift off into other ideas. But I've learned you know, so many good lessons over the years that I've been doing this. And, and one of them is you just got to push people into, force them as best you can into something that has very high odds of success to give them that initial momentum. And we do all we can, but there's only so much we can do. You know, yeah. People get distracted, drift away. Um, that's why we just inundate people with success stories. Hopefully that's the, you know, the lure that's like, okay, look at all these people that are doing this successfully. And we try to use that as the carrot, like, yeah, come on in and <laughs> check out. There's a, there's a learning curve here. There's a little bit of risk, not much. There's a little bit of a learning curve, not much. Very predictable result. It takes some time. If there's a negative to the replans model, it's, you're going to take three months or so here before you're typically, most people, some people it takes six weeks or so. Most people, three months or so before you're like, okay, this works. That's the only negative. It's going to take you about three months. People went like, no, I want to do something tonight that makes me money tomorrow and continues to make me more money every day after that. And they still think that business model exists. It does not. There's no such thing. But there's plenty of people promising it. And that's what we're competing against. Yes, for sure. So that's what you're picking up on. Yeah. I just want to say, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, are thinking that Unfortunately, I say because the instant gratification does not happen with this model. Again, you have to be patient. You have to, I don't know who coined the phrase feed the beast, but I love it. That's what I try to do all the time as much as I can. And yeah. I'm starting to notice after only now three months, maybe, uh, that it is starting to work. So, you know, I'm a believer, man. I just wish I could encourage other people who are straying off to kind of. Right. Stay on board a little. That's an early indication of someone with a teacher's heart. You're frustrated and you feel empathy towards people that you see drifting into weird territory. And yeah, but I don't I don't I don't have the knowledge like to really right. say something to them, you know, right off the bat. You know, sure. just a little encouragement. But I'll let someone else talk, man. I always appreciate these uh these conversations. Let me just do a quick intro couple minutes here, maybe take me three to five minutes, quick intro of what our group is, what we have to offer, why we're worth listening to and the sea of other things you could be listening to. And then we'll jump into any questions or topics you guys have. So my name is Jim. I founded this Facebook group several years ago. We're up to about 73,000 members, as you can see. We're laser focused in on proven business models, primarily focused around Amazon, especially for new entrepreneurs. Why Amazon? Because that's where about half of all transactions online happen every day in the United States. And it's growing fast. And we know for a fact that there's millions of underserved listings on Amazon any given day. We help you find those and sell against them. That's our basic 
model that we train. We have hundreds of success stories of people we've interviewed on our podcast. A great one today, I moved from Vietnam, started a seven-figure business using the proven Amazon course. We got hundreds of those episodes. Dozens of them are very recent. 1,700 tagged posts in our Facebook group of people sharing their results and their success stories. It's a very low risk, very low cost, very low learning curve business model that we teach that has very high odds of success, which is why we teach that as our base model. If you want to see a 20-minute video where I walk you through it, go to silentgym.com slash intro video, and you can watch that video. It's also posted at the top of this Facebook group. You can go watch that. Feel free to ask any questions. This is a very active, free Facebook group with about somewhere between 70 and 90 moderators and administrators. That includes our content creators, our coaches, our support team. We're all there to help you out if you have any questions about anything that you see here. And like I already mentioned to our friend Brian, we're fine getting the same questions over and over again all day, every day. That's kind of what we do for a living here. I actually read a leadership book not too long ago that said, once you're leading at scale, your job is to answer the same questions repeatedly several times a day and make sure everyone understands what the basics are. So that's kind of comes with the territory of, of being uh, in leadership on a large, growing, active Facebook group that's attracting a lot of attention because, again, of all the success stories that we're producing. We're very proud of that. In the industry, we're proud of our position and, and what's been achieved in this group among the members and the leaders. We'd love to help you succeed in your business goals as well. So that's the short version of the introduction. If you've never heard me say those things before, hopefully you found value. If you heard me say them 50 times, I apologize, but that's my job, (laughs) saying the same things over and over again quite a bit, uh, welcoming in the new folks that seem to be constantly streaming in. So uh, let's jump into any topics you guys have. You can just throw me a topic and I can talk about it, or maybe you've got a specific question about your business. Uh, or anything that I've said so far, but I'm fine keeping these very short and sweet, or we can go as long as you guys would like to tonight with the small group that we have here. It shouldn't be a problem for us to dive pretty deep into anything that's on your mind. If I can be of service, I'm here. And if no one raises their hand or has a question, I I can talk a little bit more about some of the history of um, what I've done online, the income streams that I've established in my business, and uh, maybe that'll prompt some questions as well, even outside of the the Amazon arena. Let me do a little bit of uh, history and maybe this will prompt something for you guys. The Using the internet has been the only income my family's had for 20 years. My wife homeschooled our kids. We've done that for over 20 years. I've had multiple streams of income using the internet. I do all the models that we teach and I've either tested them or I'm currently doing them. I've got a warehouse here that's about four miles from where I'm sitting right now. My mom, my aunt, one of my kids, sometimes two or three of my kids all work there. It's a very flexible arrangement they have. When they're available, when they're free, they go. There's always something to do. We picked up a new prep client just today. We we have a prep center there. We ship all of our Amazon and eBay and Walmart and Facebook Marketplace sales go out of there. Uh, I've been selling on eBay since... Uh, before the year 2000, like my first eBay sales were 1998, something like that. Started creating content shortly thereafter just to help people out who had questions. And from there, it's grown into a community and a mailing list. We send out about 700,000 emails a month total. Some of that's duplicates, but 700,000 emails and uh, get about 200,000 plus some opening our emails per month. That's a pretty nice email list, but we don't promote a bunch of different random stuff. A lot of people with big email lists promote, you know, flavor of the month random. We're very laser focused for the past 12 years 
one. If you're new to e-commerce, you're new to making money online, Amazon's the place to start. We've helped a lot of people do just that. Just friends okay. hanging out. I can hear you just fine, Brittany. What's on your mind? Okay. So when when I am testing a product that is a multi-pack, maybe six-pack, and uh, the trouble really is finding more. Like I, At my local Walmart, I may only have six on the shelf. I can't sample or test uh, another like set of two, like maybe two more sets. So the shelf only has uh, six and I need 18 just to test, like to get a three, you know, three units of a particular AC. Mm, I got you. Do you yeah. think it's, do you think it's worth it to drive around and try to get more to test? Cause I can only test maybe one or two and of a six pack, you know? So yeah. it's like, you think it's even worth it to drive around and, I mean, it's, I mean, the data, you know, checks out correct, but it just seems like it may not be worth it to test the multi-packs when you can only find one set. Understood. Yeah. Finding enough on the shelf to test three six-packs of a multi-pack could be a bit of a challenge, but there's replans available in abundance in right. single and double packs everywhere. So you have to decide. I don't know how far the next closest Walmart or Meyer or Target or you know, any right. retail store, I don't know, you know how much driving you have to do. You have to decide that. But that's where maybe if you are in a really rural area where it's <laughs> an extreme inconvenience to go to the closest retail locations, mm-hmm. you start doing some online, which means you yeah. probably don't do as much food because expiration dates become an issue. But right. it's, it's just a slower building business model. But there's plenty of people who never go to retail stores. They only shop online. And they've built six-figure month businesses with this model, with you know a book right. of five or seven hundred profitable replanations. So it can be right. done. It's just slower. So is it worth right. it? Well, that's a math question, and only you can answer that. I mean, if you're going to spend twelve dollars in gas money to go make five dollars on a test, one test ASIN, it may or may not end up working out. No, I'm probably not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to find other ways to be make really good use of my time. The okay. the low hanging fruit is finding as many ASINs as you can that you can easily source as quickly as you can. Right. That's what you want to do. And if you're in a rural area, that's probably going to be getting online. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm about 15. The population here is very, like 15,000. But I mean, you have your Walmart and, you know, maybe stores around. Just didn't think it may not be, you know, uh, as resourceful to go. And try yeah. to find the six, you know, 18 more of a, you yeah. know, and, and when you're testing out, here's an idea for you, Brittany, just a, a practical idea. When you're testing out and you know that it's going to cost you more the first time you test it to send in a couple units, let's say, mm-hmm. that's still worth it to me to find a good ASIN because I can always go to the store manager. Mm-hmm. If you build relationships, especially in small towns, it's easier to do. You go to the Walmart manager and say, hey, could could you order a couple cases of, of this for me? How long will that take to come in? Sure, no problem. On the next order, you know, come by Tuesday. We'll probably put them on the shelf, but come by and grab them, right? Okay. So those kind of conversations can really start to pay off. If they're willing to order five or six of them, they're willing to order 20 or 30 of them to make a customer happy, right? So yeah. just get resourceful, build relationships and, you know, talk to managers, have them place orders for you. And you don't have to say, hey, I'm going to buy a case a month to get their interest. They're used to people all the time coming up to them and saying, hey, you guys never have enough of this in stock. Would you order more? Sure, they'll do that. 
It's the same kind of request you're asking for. It's just you're going to be selling it instead of buying it for yourself. But they don't care. They'll still order it for you. 95% of the managers will accommodate that kind of request. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Very good. Yeah. Stay creative. That's a good question. Is anyone coming to the conference in July, July 6th through 8th, proven conference coming up? You go and Brian, I see that head nod. Anyone else coming? Have any questions about the conference? Uh, I have a question. How long do these, uh, do you guys like stay after hours? I've heard comments about people linking up, and, but are sessions uh, lasting all day? Mm. You know, like to, into the evening? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about mm. that. Over the years, this is the 11th time that we've done this event, making it, to my knowledge, the longest running e-commerce slash Amazon event in the world. And after the first year, we realized that this group doesn't just go to bed quietly at 9 a.m., 9 p.m. <laughs> yeah, you'll see people sitting in the lobby, congregating, doing meals together. It's a very it's abundance mindset. That's what I'm looking for. Abundance-minded community, meaning... You can go up to anybody, say, hey, how's business? Let's talk business and find yourself in a two, three-hour conversation, picking up tips. Suddenly, a group grows from two or three of you to 10 or 15 of you. You're like, hey, let's continue this in the lobby. Let's go hang out over here. Go find a restaurant that's open. And you just, you'll find yourself making friends, building your friend group. And yeah, it will extend into the evening. I often tell people on the opening day, pace yourself. Tonight's not the night. Opening day is not the night to stay up till three in the morning. Save that till the last day and then sleep in and I, I warn everybody, don't think you're going to fly out of town right after the event's over. You're going to have people you want to talk to, connections made, plan on spending that next day, you know, spend the night that night. So don't plan on flying out July 6th, or excuse me, July 8th, which is the third day of the event. But I'm flying out the 9th or the 10th even. You will notice when you leave on the 9th or 10th, there's still a whole bunch of people there hanging out, having fun. The conversations are continuing. You know, we may have tore down the stage at that point, but there's a lot of people still there. So come early, stay late, day or two on either end, and you're going to see plenty of people there. And yeah, the conversations will extend well into evening. All our coaches, all our speakers, there's no one here who's kind of like the celebrity presence. We don't allow egos at this event. No one's here like, yeah, they just show up and say their piece, hit the spotlight you know, with their theme music, and then they bolt out the side door to their jet because they got to go somewhere else. It's not that. It's just a bunch of people building Amazon businesses, e-commerce entrepreneurs, hanging out, having conversations. I'm, I'm there the whole time. All our coaches are there the whole, whole time, uh, freely available. And yeah, you'll find many people talking well into the evening and, and even skipping sessions. You know, by the time day three rolls around, we're like, hey, guys, don't forget, we have sessions happening, too, because everyone's talking in the hall and and hanging out and having a great time uh, just meeting people and, and building their businesses through conversation. So hopefully that helps answer your question. But uh, yeah, Brittany, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be uh, be prepared to come home tired. <laughs> yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, perfect. Selling initial phases of finding uh, replens. Hasn't sold anything yet. Feels gated. Yeah, we can talk about that. Feels gated on a lot of stuff. You identified some stuff with Keepa, but you're gated. Yeah. Uh, Amazon's not approving you to sell national department store brand. Haven't found an item. Sounds like gating. Hope to get enough volume. Amazon might start approving me to sell more categories. A lot of books I could sell to get some volume going. Yes, that would help, help actually. If 
Do you sell 30 to 40 units of anything, Gary? You're going to start seeing those gates open up for you across the board. Ungating is one of the issues that uh, it looks like a brick wall when you're a new seller that will just be a tiny little molehill in the distant past as soon as you've crossed over it. All of us have had to go through that. The rules seem to change from time to time. So those of us who've been doing it a while didn't have quite the same ungating challenge that you have now. But there's several categories where you're going to find the vast majority of brands and ASINs are not gated. And those categories are talked about all the time in the Facebook group. If you go in the Facebook group and just search for the phrase ungated or ungating, those two words, you're going to see multiple conversations where people have talked about how they navigated this. You're going to hear a theme. They started off in one of these categories, typically sports and outdoor, uh, kitchen, bath, household goods, arts and crafts, pet supplies, not pet food, but all other pet supplies wide open for the most part. So instead of starting off in, say, cosmetics or children's toys or one of the other categories where there tends to be a lot of gating, electronics, stay away from those. A lot of people drift in the grocery. Like, oh, that's where all the low-hanging fruit is. I'm going to go grocery. Oh, everything's gated. That's gated. This is gated. I'm finding all these great ASINs and they're all gated. And they get frustrated. Well, those categories are going to be a struggle to get through. You're going to have to send in an invoice and it's going to be difficult. No, instead of worrying about all of that, just go to the categories I just mentioned. Or and, and those categories are mentioned all the time in our Facebook group. This is one of the questions that we've answered without exaggeration, probably a couple thousand times over the past few years. When people saying, hey, I'm gated, what should I do? You need to go to arts and crafts, homewares, house, household goods, kitchen, bath, arts, crafts, pet supplies, not pet food, sporting goods, outdoor, that sort of thing. You're going to find a bunch of stuff that isn't gated, sell 30 to 40 units, the gates fall open. That's the best way to do it. Books. I love selling books on Amazon. It's fun. There's inventory everywhere, but it's not scalable. You don't want to do it FBA because the long-term storage fees will sneak up on you. Books tend to sit there for a long time. And uh, there's a more exciting way if you find yourself with a bunch of books to sell books, in my opinion. It's a little course. We don't charge much money for it. It's at provenamazoncourse.com slash safebookprofits. Teach you how to sell books in bulk to bulk book buyers. That's a better way to sell books, in my opinion, than selling them on Amazon one at a time, paying all those fees. Even you run into a lot of gating on books, like some of the best textbooks that are selling really, really well on Amazon for great profits. Well, you're gated. That publisher is gated, just like any other gated brand that you would try to sell against. But you can sell them to these bulk book buyers and they'll pay you cash for them. So that's provenamazoncourse.com slash safebookprofits. One of the coaches on our team, her mom, that's all she does. Makes several hundred bucks a month or a week, excuse me, probably about $1,500 a month just working part-time, gathering up books, seeing which ones the bulk book buyers want to buy. She sends it off all one big box and gets paid by PayPal, several hundred bucks a week, doing real well with it. Just a little part-time flexible gig. It's not scalable. You're not going to build a real business that you can sell someday. You're not going to build a team to make it happen at scale, but it is a good way to move some books. But you can also sell a few books along the way on Amazon to get them to know, like, and trust you. Anything you can sell, 30 units, 40 units of any kind of item that you want to get that credibility from Amazon, it's worth doing. 
because then all kinds of great things start happening. Amazon pays you faster. They hold less of your money in reserve. They open up gates to you. So when you're seeing these brands on Amazon and it says, sorry, you're gated for this brand. Would you like to apply to be ungated? And you say, yeah, you click the button. Sure, I'll apply. And it says, congratulations, you're ungated based on your previous sales history. Once they trust you, that's what ungating looks like 95% of the time. You just click a button, you're done. Takes a little work to get there because Amazon doesn't know, like, or trust you yet, but they will soon. That's my answer there. Uh, Gary saying you did the invoice thing and Amazon approved for the brand, but not the category. No, there's no category. There's no such thing as category approval. There's none of us that are approved for an entire category. Because in, in, every, in every category, there's going to be brands that have hired a team of lawyers and paid them a bunch of money to make the life miserable of any seller who tries to sell their products online. And as much as Amazon loves and believes in the first sale doctrine, which is the law that says if you buy something from me, you can sell it to whoever you want, right? Amazon loves that rule. It allows tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people to sell on their platform. As much as we all love that law, there's still brands out there that say, nope, third-party sellers, we're going to make your life miserable. We're going to claim that there's an intellectual property issue with the way you worded this, that you know, you're you not honoring the customer's warranty deal or you know, the coloring is off on the photo that you used or you know, they're just going to make life miserable. So we just say, you know what? Leave those brands alone. If push came to shove, you should be able to sell anything you want to anyone you want. And you can at a yard sale. But on Amazon, Amazon has to play you know, the games with the lawyers on both sides. Um, interesting story about all of that. Nike actually at one point, this has been several years ago, uh, and this is a good story. This should make us all feel really good about being resellers. Nike went to Amazon and said, hey, here's the deal. It's you and me. Let's cut out the resellers. There's so many resellers, and there's a few counterfeit products making their way into Amazon as well. So let's just cut all that out. No one can resell Nike products on Amazon. Their lawyers got together with Amazon's lawyers. They shook hands. They made a big deal. And said, we're going to, Nike's going to send you all the inventory directly, and there will be no third-party channel on Amazon at all. Does anyone want to take a stab at how it all fell apart, what happened, and why it didn't work for more than a few months? Does anyone know, or have you ever heard this story? I tell this story from time to time on the podcast, and I love what this story illustrates because it paints a very bright future for those of us who are third-party sellers. It's one of my favorite stories to tell when people say, oh, it's all saturated, or the brands are all locking down their brands and you can't sell anything on Amazon anymore because the brands are all taken over. What, what's, the, uh, what's the response there? Does anyone know? Want to take a shot at it? I'll tell you if not, but not getting any hands going up yet. So here's what happened. Let's pretend you love Nike shoes. And like, uh, you know, I've got certain brand shoes that as I play basketball or I run. And those of us who use this, like to use the same shoes over and over again, you'll notice that um, and let's just ask anyone here use the same shoe over and over again. Maybe you have for years for whatever sport or whatever activity you, you, you're into. Like you have a preferred Missy saying, yeah, what is it? Missy, tell us, you can type it out. What, you know, is it uh, what sport is it? What kind of shoe is it? Cause it really helps. I really want to drive this point home, especially if we use this as recorded content. This is a great lesson for us. Yeah. What do you use Missy? I use Raydell. It's skates. Raydell skates. Yes. Oh, like roller skates. Roller skates. I've seen those. Yeah. yeah. I've never known that's how you pronounced it. <laughs> yeah. Right, Al. Yeah. 
Sorry, I'm sick. So I'm just kind of listening today. <laughs> no, it's it's like the the, the four wheel skates. Like if you go skating, yeah. you rent right. Okay, figure yeah, skates for roller skaters. Gotcha. And, and they make them for ice too. Right okay. up makes the boot. Is yeah. this Missy or Lena? I'm Missy. Okay. Right, so <laughs> that's a great example. Okay. So I gotta imagine if you're like me, there's a certain year shoe. Like for me, there was a shoe that Nike made. They stopped making them like six years ago. And if I can get my hands on them, I love them. They're a little harder to find. The only place to find them is occasionally on Amazon. Can't find them anywhere else, right? So if there's like certain skate, certain model, it's not that I'm loyal to the brand. I'm loyal to that year's shoe of the brand. You with me? So here's Nike making this big deal with Amazon saying, okay, we just want to sell your stuff here. Well, the reason a brand like Nike even has a third-party sales channel is because their stuff Will kind of start to stack up in the dark corners of warehouses and they don't want to sell last year's stuff. All the orders are already in place. Last year's stuff is now irrelevant, but the consumer still wants it. I still want to get my hands on those shoes. Nike doesn't have them anymore, but the third-party channel does. For example, someone's willing to go to some kind of shoe source, you know, that, that sells in bulk and like, I'm going to buy a thousand pairs of Nikes and take them at a discount. This is all legitimate inventory, legitimately tracked with legitimate invoices, but I'm going to take possession of that and put it for sale on Amazon. There's so much more selection on Amazon when you let the third-party channels pull that inventory from the dark, dusty corners of warehouses around the world and put it for sale on Amazon. So the selection went from being vast when it came to Nike on Amazon to the lawyer shaking hands doing the deal to this selection went down to, hey, here's what we want you to buy right now. Last year's models, irrelevant. Anything that's old, gone. Anything that's special color, we don't have it. And so people started buying their Nikes on third-party websites. They left. They were going to eBay. They were going to other places. So Nike saw its revenue from Amazon go from really good, because we were using third-party sellers, to really bad. And Nike went running to Amazon and said, turn it off, tear up the agreement, turn the third-party sellers loose again. We'll approve all of them. We want our inventory. Our inventory is stacking up in the dark, dusty corners of warehouses around the world because third-party sellers can't sell it anymore online. We've locked them all down. So it works against the big brands to lock their brand down on Amazon it works against Nike and it works against the small brands. And eventually they all figure that out. So there's plenty of examples. And this is the, again, to remind you, this is the pushback we get sometimes. People say, all the brands are locking out the third-party sellers. They won't let anybody sell their stuff. Eventually it's just going to be brands going direct to Amazon. It's like, no, they're learning their lesson one at a time when they get body slammed by the fact that the third-party sellers, us, we help move a lot of inventory that would have otherwise just sat in a dark, dusty corner and collected dust and been thrown in a dumpster at some point. And no one wins when that happens. We help get stuff from a place of low perceived or actual value to a place of higher perceived or actual value. That's what we do as resellers. We find it, buy it for two bucks, sell it for 50 to a customer who would have paid a hundred. That's what we do. Instead of it going in a dumpster, everyone writing it off and next quarter that retail channel partner buys a whole lot less Nike because they're just not selling as much as they were because we're not helping them sell sell it to other customers around the world. So hopefully that adds, this is why I'm so bullish the next five, even 10 plus years, Amazon and selling as a third-party reseller. Brands are waking up to the fact that 
they're not good enough at moving their own products unless it's like, you know, if, you know, if we sell one product and I sell this one thing and this is all we make, those brands tend to lock down and stay on top of their stuff pretty good. There's not a different model each season. There's only one item that's what they're going to lock down. But the big brands, the major brands, the recognized brands, that's why you'll see they're for the most part wide open to qualified third-party sellers. And you'll just see the vast majority of the things that you try to sell, you're going to get ungated and be able to sell. So that's a little behind the scene lesson that should, if you followed my story there, should give you a lot of confidence in the future of being a reseller on Amazon. We're certainly bullish about it. I've been hearing for 20 years, brands are going to lock down. It's going to get saturated. There's too many people doing this. And then every year, the pie just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Too. I'm very bold in saying right now, there are millions of underserved ASINs on Amazon right now that any of us could get approved to sell against Un- underserved ASINs represented by brands that any of us could sell against. Just they're everywhere. It's an abundance, just no matter how much time you have, how much capital you have to go get them. Scale up. We see it happening all day, every day. What questions does that lead to? Anybody have any questions about any of that? It's good to see you, Missy. Thanks for turning on your camera. It's always good to have some friendly faces. What's the average net profit percentage for a new seller? Is that one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Average net profit. Net profit for the replens model is no different for new sellers as it is for more advanced sellers, really, except you will see as your business grows and you automate and put people in place. For example, I'm I'm thrilled with a 15% net profit business if it's 10 times bigger than it was when it was just me and when I was getting 40% net profit. I'm actually making more money, but I have a system that's running by itself. So as you start to scale, you'll actually see your net profit percentages drop because you've got an automated system that doesn't require your input time and energy to, to run. But when you first start, you actually, after you get through that initial learning curve, that's when you see some of your best margins, when you're just the one grinding, doing it yourself. And it's not uncommon to see on the low end, 20% net profit. On the high end, 35, we've heard 40 or even 50% net profit, selling between 40% ROI and 300% ROI on any given ASIN. Those ASINs are out there. They're everywhere. And if you look at how quickly you're turning your money over, we had a real estate agent on our, the guy who sells real estate on our podcast not too long ago. And he said, there's nothing in real estate that comes close to the ROI your ability to just roll your money over. The challenge with replans is finding enough places to deploy your cash. You know, if you're buying one house for 50 grand and flipping it six months later for 120,000, you know, everyone can follow that math to one transaction, a couple transactions, cash out. Well, with replans, that's a whole bunch of fast turning. It's almost like buying, he equated it to buying little houses. Like, you know, let's buy little monopoly size houses, you know, pay $2 for it and flip it for six. And, you know, the next one we're paying... $10 for it and flipping it for 18. And it's kind of like real estate. If you break it down, it's kind of like buying several thousand little bitty houses and flipping them for profit. Sometimes you break even, sometimes you make profit, but you're taking safe bets. That's the replans game. He said the margins with replans destroy any margins he's ever seen as an investor, including real estate, which I tend to agree with. There's not many places out there right now where you can go and get very safe 20% net margin up to 30, 35% net margin selling items at 40% ROI up to 250, 300% ROI. It's pretty incredible. It's a beautiful business model. We've taught it to a lot of people. And if this was just theory, 
it might be worth a, a passing glance and consideration. But the fact that we've got hundreds of people who are doing it right now very successfully. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.